0: Welcome to another episode of the Chill by Net podcast. This podcast is created for those who are passionate about their personal development, health, and well-being. This is a platform for you to come chill by my personal stories and weekly tips in becoming a better version of ourselves and to live a better present. My name is Jeanette. welcome back. So before I start off today's episode, I just want to share that one of my audience reached out to me and pointed out something really interesting with regards to last week's episode. So he asked me, human relationships are fundamental, like you said, but isn't it also true that our well-being and happiness shouldn't be dependent on others? So he was going along the idea of how, you know, as humans, we should still aim to be self-sufficient. And in fact, I also did mention in one of my episodes about how as individuals, it is essential to be self-sufficient and not attach too much external things to our self-identity. So how does that fit in with what was shared, right? Because there seems to be some contradiction. And I totally agree. You know, I totally agree with the notion that our happiness and well-being should not be dependent on other people. So in that way, we should still be self-sufficient. But I guess when I said human connections are fundamental to our well-being in my last episode, I think it is not so much about how much we can take from others or depend on others in a way where we see others as a resource, where we get our happiness from. So it is more about how social connections and human interactions can serve as this platform for us to share our experiences, right? And you know, in that way we do depend on human connections, but not in a way where we see it as a resource, right? But in a way where we depend on it to get a sense of belonging. And it's this sense of belonging that is fundamental to our human existence as well as our well-being. And we also talk about how even small moments of shared experiences can improve our well-being, and that is because no matter how small are these shared experiences, they can still fulfill our fundamental need to belong to one another. Be it, you know, sharing an experience or finding some commonalities, all of that, right, adds to the sense of belonging. So throughout the week, I was also thinking about how we said that shared connections are important to us humans, right, because it gives us feelings of happiness, it can decrease our feelings of loneliness, and more importantly, because it gives us that sense of belonging. So I was really then thinking about what constitutes as a shared experience. A shared experience like what I mentioned can be just a fleeting interaction of hi-bye, it can be a shared conversation with our friend or family, or you know, eating a meal with our partner, right? So I was just thinking how to even define this shared experience. So you know, if let's say two people are just sitting together, but There's not much interaction going on, or two people happen to be in the same lift, can that be considered as a shared experience? Right? So I guess I was just really trying hard to conceptualize, you know, what constitutes as a shared experience. So I was really thinking, and you know, I think at the core of it, shared experience can only be considered a shared experience through the presence of another person, right? So the other party's presence has to be felt. Right. So you know how sometimes someone can be present, but we don't feel their presence at all, right? So in this case, can we really say that it is a shared experience? I'm not so sure, right? I think probably it is still a shared experience, but probably not a really strong one, right? Or I don't know if that can even be considered a shared experience. So I think my point is, even if someone is physically there with us, but if there's no presence felt, I think we can still feel really lonely or disconnected, right? And that shared experience probably wouldn't give us much of a sense of belonging and other benefits that I discussed in the previous episode. So I think for an effective shared experience, I think it's not just about having another person being there, but I would think that the presence is the more important thing, right? So the next question here is really then, you know, what is this presence that I'm talking about, right? Because this word presence may sound really abstract to some. So I think when I talk about presence, it simply means this awareness of how we are connecting with another person. So I'm not saying that, you know, cultivating presence is the only thing that we can do to improve the quality of our interactions. I think there are other ways that we can achieve that. For instance, being a better listener, Better communicator, right? Allowing ourselves to be vulnerable, and all of which I think I actually discussed in episode four, where I talk about how to be a better safe space for someone. So my partner and I, we have been together for eight years, um, and you know, last week happens to be our eight-year anniversary, and even though we have been together for eight years like most long-term relationships, there are problems that my partner and I, we struggle on a daily basis, right? So for instance, we struggle with many problems, you know, such as forgetfulness, you know, for instance, how we can experience the same thing, but after a week later, you know, I am the only one with the memory, or he is the only one with the memory. And another thing is also, we can sometimes feel disconnected from each other from time to time, right? Because sometimes... One party may just feel unheard because the other party is not listening or the other party is emotionally unavailable, right? Meaning to say when one partner has a lot of emotions to let out but the other party is just simply not able to hear the other person out. I think each relationship has their own unique set of problems and struggles, right? Be it romantic relationships or friendships, right? And the problems that you are facing is probably specific to you and your partner or your friend, right? And definitely a lot more complex than what I can be addressing here. But I think what I can share and what I'm going to share is that, you know, this fundamental thing that we can use in our interactions with our loved ones. And this thing is about cultivating a stronger presence in our interactions, Okay, which is an awareness of how we are connecting with another person. And I'm not going to say that this is going to solve our relationship problems, right? But I think it can definitely be a foundation that we can use to actually better deal with you know, our individual struggles in our relationships. So today, I just want to share a few things that I have been working on to improve my own presence. So through observing and internalizing what I have been practicing, I have come up with a two-step framework which we can use whenever we are about to go into an interaction, be it a conversation with our friend or doing an activity with our family or our partner. So step number one is, you know, before going into an interaction, I think it is important to bring awareness to ourselves. So this step one is really to be self-focused. And the goal of this step is to eliminate distractions. Okay. And distractions can come from internal and external. So before we go into the interaction, it is important to check, you know, what are the distractions within us and around us, right? Which can distract us from being 100% present. So when I talk about internal, it is really being aware of our thoughts and our emotions, right? Be aware of what are some of the distracting thoughts that are within us at a given moment and ask ourselves honestly if we are able to put those thoughts away first, right? It could be a task that we have to do tomorrow, right? It could be something that happened earlier that is really taking your attention away, right? So we might not be able to completely eradicate or to not think about these thoughts, but it is about being aware of these thoughts. You know, you're aware of you know how much these thoughts are actually impacting your interaction with the other person, okay? And if we come to realize that these thoughts are a bit, you know, intense and a bit strong, then we might want to ask ourselves if we are able to bring it up and talk about it during the interaction, right? There can be a lot in our mind that distracts us from being present, but I think Sometimes it's also the external things, right? Like our phones, our surroundings, you know? So I really dislike crowded places or noisy areas because sometimes these are the things that, you know, pull my attention away, right? And the thing is, our attention is very limited, right? If, let's say, a quarter of our attention is on our phone and another quarter is on our thoughts and our own internal experience, then how much of our attention is actually left for the person that we are interacting with, right? And I recognize that it's hard, right? Because for me, I'm someone who is quite into my social media and, you know, I'm also someone who tend to think a lot about the future. I can have endless thoughts about, you know, everything that is about to happen next, right? And what this does for me is it's really very difficult for me to fully arrive at the present moment. And, you know, these days, I have been really trying hard to put my phone away as much as possible, right? I see myself telling my partner that, okay, you know, during this dinner outing, let's not have our phones and let's fully connect, okay? While it is not realistic to completely, you know, do away with our mobile devices, our electronic devices, but... I think that, you know, the fact that we are practicing and the fact that we are making an effort is good enough, right? And I'm also very thankful that my partner is good with the idea as well. And that's why, you know, I have been also cultivating a lot of mindfulness for myself because mindfulness is also helping me with all these internal dialogues that I'm having, right? But no matter what it is, the goal is to actually eliminate as many of these distractions internally and externally as much as possible to ensure that we can best arrive fully at the present moment for an interaction with our loved ones, right? And this is so that we can actually perform step two better, okay? So once we have tried our best to eliminate all the distractions and we have tried our best to arrive fully, you know, the next thing we want to do is to then focus our attention on the other person Or the other people that we are having our interactions with. And step two here is being other focused. Okay? Means you focus on the other person. And the goal here is really to experience the moment with the other person. So this other focus step here, right? I realize can also be broken down into external and internal. External will be things like, you know, making a lot of eye contact, okay? And it's not just about eye contact, but You know, it's about using our five senses and notice the person like we are noticing them for our first time. So when we talk to our partner, you know, we want to really look at them like we are looking at them for the first time, right? Look into their eyes, right? And, you know, I can't believe I'm sharing this, but, you know, I will tell my partner things like, hey, you know, when we talk to each other, can we look into each other's eyes? That kind of thing, right? And why is that so? I guess I intuitively just feel that, you know, by doing so, we can be more connected, right? That is our way of giving our undivided attention to the other person. So apart from making eye contact, it's about also observing their expressions, you know, observing how they are eating, observing how you know their eyebrows are moving, how their lips are moving. And you know, you might be asking why, like what's the purpose of, you know, doing all of this, right? So for instance when we are able to engage our five senses and you know we start to notice that, you know, our partner's expression is a bit different or a bit off, you know, we can then pick up on those expressions, right? And we can actually start asking them things like, you know, hey, you know, what's wrong? Like what's wrong with the food, right? And I think it is this act of noticing, right, and picking up these things that is really, really going to make the other person feel that they are being cared for. And, you know, when we pick up on all these things and we start to ask and be genuinely curious about how is someone doing, I think, you know, it's going to make someone feel better. And it's not about... The other person describing the day that would make them feel better, but rather the feeling of being cared for in the moment. And other than that, it's about striking more thoughtful conversations as well. And the next thing I want to say is also through these external observations, we can then pick up some of the really internal things, right? Like you know the things that we can notice. You know, be it their tone of their voice, how they are speaking, you know, how they are moving as well, right? Are they energetic? Are they feeling a bit low and all of that? I think it's really through the external that we can pick up on internal. And I do recognize that not everybody is trained to pick up someone's emotions and experience because I would call this, you know, similar to this trait called empathy. You know, someone with a higher empathy is able to do that better than someone with a lower empathy, right, and we all have different empathy levels, but I do believe that it can be trained, right, and the way to increase our empathy is then to try to train ourselves to focus more on these external expressions that the person is displaying. And I do see that in this step, right, um, it is not about totally, you know, dismissing all our feelings and all our thoughts as well. Right? It is about relating how the other person is feeling and relating that to ourselves as well. Right, So yeah, it's not about completely eradicating all our internal experience during our interaction with that person. In fact, it is about integrating the other person's experience with our own experience and I think that is how connections are being made and that is how presence is being cultivated. And, you know, these connections are really unseen and they are really, really very, you know, in a way abstract, right? So I think I'm just trying my best to see how I can actually, you know, verbalize how to deepen this connection. And, you know, I think it's about trying it, right? I think it's about trying it to actually see if it works for you. And apart from that, I also think that we are able to register the experience more when we give our full presence and undivided attention which can probably lessen problems like forgetfulness in a relationship. Or we might just become better listeners because we're actually giving our full attention. So all that I've shared so far is talking about how we can improve the quality of a given interaction. But one more point that I want to add is, you know, outside of these shared interactions, I think it's also important to look out for these things called emotional beats. Okay, so... According to Godman, okay, there are these things called emotional beats for connection. Okay, and these beats might look like a question, you know, an affectionate stroke on the cheeks. And basically anything that says, Hey, I want to connect with you, right? And for my case, I think this sometimes comes in the form of picking a fight over small issues, right? Because then I can get the other person's attention. And the thing is, you know, most of these beats happen in very simple and mundane ways. And if we mindlessly miss those beats, studies have indicated that, you know, this can have a very detrimental impact on the relationships because they found out that couples who eventually get separated or eventually divorce, you know, ignore their spouse's beats for almost 50 to 80% of the time while people in happy marriages actually catch most of these emotional cues and respond kindly to them. And I think the important thing is to, you know, ensure that we are picking up on all these emotional beats most of the time, right? It doesn't have to be all of the time, but at least most of the time. And, you know, I just feel that this presence of rather attention is what most of us are losing a lot of these days, right? Right. And we're just used to also doing many things at once right that we sometimes don't even realize that we are in fact losing the ability to give undivided attention and to sustain our attention and I think this is just quite sad right if you think about it but the good news is also you know attention can be cultivated right and unlike empathy and affection and all of that, which is harder to cultivate, I think attention is one thing that is largely by choice that we can choose to cultivate if we want to. But at the same time, I do recognize that it requires effort as well, right? Because we are just not used to it. And I think what really helps is mindfulness practice. You know, sometimes we can go back to you know, incorporating more mindfulness practice in our day-to-day to to help us to sustain the attention so that we are able to then better carry out the two-step process. And I do recognize that, you know, throughout my eight years, my relationships do, you know, decline at some point. And I think looking back, it is always back to this attention, right? I think it's either one or two people that attention for each other at some point. And when we don't pay attention, I think this is when relationships can start to really decline, right? And, you know, in a new relationship, we always have this like heightened awareness, right? We are able to give all our attention and at the same time, we also receive all our attention, right? But in longer term relationships, what I realize is we just sometimes don't pay attention anymore to the things that we used to do. You know, we tend to think that we already know everything about a person. We already know what the person is going to say. We already know what it's going to be like, right? So we tend to not want to pay attention, you know, like how we eat our rice every day, right? We don't consciously pay attention to how our rice tastes because we already know how it tastes, right? But if our rice was just probably different, you know, probably if we are having another type of rice or whatever, we will then start to slow down and we start to heighten our awareness as well, right? We will be less in an autopilot mode and we will be more mindful of what we are having, right? So it's the same in a relationship, right? In a long-term relationship, the longer the relationship is, the more mundane it is, right? The more autopilot we become. And I think it's precisely in such instances that we really need to effortfully cultivate, you know, this mindfulness in a relationship. So I do see that, you know, in any form of interaction, you know, it doesn't even have to be a long-term relationship. In any form of interaction, it is so important to actually be present, and by being present, I mean giving our undivided attention and being aware of what is going on with ourselves and the other person. And relationship always involve more than one person, so it just takes, you know, both parties to be willing to be mindful and willing to cultivate this two-step process that you know I mentioned in the episode. And at the end of the day, if someone is not willing to give you the attention, even if you have communicated to them or if you have continuously requested for it in one way or another, then I'm not sure how much more should you be asking for it, right? I mean, you can do your best to communicate, but at the end of the day, if it's still not given to you and if it's not given freely by another person, then I'm not sure how much is it worth having as well, right? So I hope that through this episode, we can see that one of the most fundamental things we can improve in our existing relationships, especially the more long-term ones, is that to consciously pay attention to create moments of quality connections. Because at the end of the day, I think this helps us not only to maximize our shared experiences, but I do think that it forms the foundation for longer and more lasting quality relationships. So to end off, here's a quote by Nathaniel Brandon. He says that loving consciously does not mean subjecting your relationship to endless analysis. It means something much simpler than that. And that is paying attention, noticing, and this requires presence. Thanks for chilling in. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. You can also connect with me on Instagram at chillbynet on my website chillbynet.com to join the conversation and access our show notes. Have a great day and we'll chill again very soon.